Hey there, welcome to the show. Can you believe it? March break has started. I'm not too uh, sure how many of you are going to take advantage of it. You know, this is this is one of those things that we know for a fact in the world of real estate that as soon as March break is over, guess what happens? We're going to start seeing some for sale signs. Probably going to see some of those open house signs, you know, pop up on the odd snowbank. So, you know what, get ready for it. So, you know, hopefully you do enjoy the next week or two if you're off. But uh, again, is the real estate market going to start to pick up? Well, you know what? Instead of me answering these questions as usual here in the studio, I've got some great guests joining me. And um, my my first guest joining me here at the the triangular table, you know, we call it our talk triangle table, but I've got Lisa Patel joining me. She is the former president of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. She's also with Royal Page Signature Realty and newly appointed director at large for Ontario Real Estate Association. And in the next corner, I've got Tim Sirianos joining me. Of course, you know Tim's name. He's been here a lot, um, you know, and always great to have him join us. Uh, he is broker owner of Remax Ultimate former president of the Toronto Real Estate Regional Board as well. And he's also former director of CREA. That's the Canadian Real Estate Association. And of course, you know, one of the things I just want everybody to know, their opinions being voiced here is that of theirs. There's our disclaimer. So nobody gets upset. Any of the association's boards, guess what? I've tied them down and I'm getting them to talk. So, you know, don't hold anything they say against them uh, here in the show. And by the way, Lisa, welcome to this studio. Thank you. I felt like we, you were introducing us rather than a triangle table. It felt like a boxing ring. Like we were getting ready. Let's go into the ring. Uh, there you go. Well, you know what? You, that just might happen today. You know, that could, that could be a lot of fun. Tim, are you ready to take some shots or what? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of intimidated right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, lots to talk about today, of course, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Uh, Lisa, you and I um, have had discussions in the past, um, you know, when you were obviously the the president at the Toronto Re Regional Real Estate Board. But um, one of the things I, I thought I'd ask, just for clarity, and by the way, congratulations on your nomination, um, but what exactly is a director at large? Thank you, and I appreciate the question. Um, so basically, I've been elected by the province, um, and that's all the real estate boards, so across Ontario and uh, to be um, a figurehead basically at the table and to communicate. So ultimately to hear from all of those different boards and association of what's important and to bring it back to the table and make collective decisions with the table on better ways to help enhance our industry and that are gonna help Ontario Realtors thrive. Excellent. You know, as as you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the, the, the full-time professional realtors, you know, always, always gonna back that up. Um, how many members does Ontario have now? I mean, you know, we had a huge up. Play a guessing game. Yeah. Let's okay. What's it, okay? What's what's your guess? And you and Tim, if you I'm not speaking. Say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Eighty-seven thousand. Um, we're gonna say cold. Cold. Let's keep going. There's more. There's more. <laughs> wow. More realtors came into the industry. Ninety-two. You're getting closer. Really? Ninety-five. Bang. Really? <laughs> Ninety-five thousand realtors in Ontario. Wow. You know, Tim, when you and I first got in in the olden days, what was there, like 1,400? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, probably about right. I think that when I got my my license back in 89, there were somewhere around uh, 14,000, yeah. you know, 15,000 realtors in all of Toronto, yeah. uh, greater Toronto area, actually, and, and not that many more in Ontario because Ontario was not as populated as it was. And 
you know, it was, it was primarily just the GTA, but now it's really, you know, spread across a golden horseshoe. You don't know where Toronto ends and where Niagara Falls starts now. So yeah. it is a completely different landscape. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tim brings up a great point there, Lisa, is that, you know, a lot of realtors nowadays, you know, before everybody would just stay in their small lane and now, you know, due to technology, due to COVID, due to, you know, ability of doing DocuSign, it seems that a lot more realtors have spread their wings and they're going out to, you know, different parts of the municipalities. Well, you see that, um, but I'm also a big believer in referrals and um, and the agent to agent relationship, right? I mean, I think back to my early days of real estate, like, and that was, I got in, I've been in this business now 14 years. Right. And so when I got in, yeah, I was one of those people. I was like, yes, we're going to go sell a farm over here. And yes, we're going to, and you know what? I grew up across Ontario too. Like I was born downtown, but my parents owned and operated different businesses across Ontario. So right. I, I knew Ontario because I grew up with it. Yeah. And um, so I went all over the place and then it was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. And then I was really big on agent to agent relationships. Right. And so I'm still a big believer in referral. Like, you know what? I have a, a good friends in like across, across the province. So Peterborough and I would call them up and say, hey, you know what? Here you go. Like, I trust you and you're going to take care of them. And they have. So, I mean, yes, you do see a lot of realtors and we've got so many more in this business. So, of course, you know, people are, are, are probably have that mindset of, you know, of let's let's go all over because we can't have the capability to do so. But I also want to just put a little hints on, you know, there's also the ability to refer and and continue to build relationships too. Yeah, and I think, Tim, that Lisa makes a huge point there. And, you know, I do want to touch on that with you because, you know, when you talk about, you know, real estate, of course, you've got the newbies and they're, they're just scrambling for any new deal, their first deal, first couple of deals. So they'll go virtually anywhere. But I know, you know, based on your brokerage, you've got some real seasoned vets there. You know, staying in your lane, meaning like knowing your area of practice, I think is huge. You know, it was one of the things, you know, I had a, I had half of Mississauga where that's all I lived and breathed and really would not go anywhere else. And, you know, in the big picture, um, I think you, you probably see that a lot where, you know, like, like Lisa said, look, if you, if you have a referral to Peterborough, go with the, we have one of the top agents in Peterborough. There's no question that um, the pandemic changed the dynamic of how realtors you know, communicated and actually traveled across the entire province, especially along, along the QEW. The QEW became almost like a, a side street for many people, right? And, and more so because people were actually working remotely a lot more. They're looking at the relocate, change their lifestyle, and that's what caused it. Um, but I've, you know, we've, we were on the show together, I think it was about a year ago, we had a past uh, former president uh, from uh, Fort Erie on, on a call. And we talked about, you know, why would you actually expose yourself or your client to selling lakefront property when you've never been sure. involved in a sale like that before? There's well and septic, there's different setbacks and rules when it comes to construction and building. Um, there's so many different factors that, you know, you're not protecting your client by you leaving your lane, you know, and, yeah. and again, the same thing applies to, to an agent who's in Fort Erie, who's going to drive to downtown Toronto and talk about a condo and talk about why this condominium is better than the other condominium or, or different, um, you know, reasons why you'd want to buy in one neighborhood over another neighborhood. Yeah. And they're, they're asking about the, you know, the septic tank and it's sort of like, it's a condo in Toronto. They don't have that, yes. you know, and, and, and you're referring to uh, Ray Ferris, quick shout out to him, you know, um, you know, he used to be the president at Ontario real estate association, great guy, you know, contributor here to the show. And, uh, you know, in, and you bring up a really good point is the fact that 
you know, especially when we start talking about the outer markets, there is such a difference. You know, Lisa, you you mentioned that, you know, you've you've been throughout Ontario, so you've got probably good working knowledge of some of the the smaller marketplaces and and again, you know, I'll give you a joke, quick joke. Yeah. Okay, it was so small in, 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 of course, like as a child, my parents owned a lot of uh, motels. Okay. And so, for those that know the joke of yes, if you know a Patel, they owned a motel. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was my parents. Um, but uh, we owned several of them, and you know what? I remember uh, probably the second or third one that they owned, and the town was ship was so small that our school principal was also the pastor at the local church. There you go. Well, that's how you, that's keeping it in-house, right? You know, <laughs> moonlighting or Sunday lighting. But before you, you know, when Tim was speaking, he actually brought up a really important point. Like the key is education, right? Like education plays and expertise plays such an important role. Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things. And, you know, when we talk about real estate um, and, and we talk about real estate professionals, you owe a duty, obviously, to the client. And if you don't know the answer, then maybe you shouldn't be trying to give them the solution. And I know a lot of realtors are kind of cringing going, here he goes again. He's going to take a shot at us. But you know what? I, I truly believe if you don't know your that marketplace, stay out of it. And, you know, the almighty buck again comes into play. You know, people people for a while there during the pandemic, they're just looking at the dollar sign. And I think that this is where, and I'm not saying all realtors, you know, the pros are the pros. We, you know, I think we can all agree with that here. It's just, you know, a couple of people, they, there's a little bit of desperation that they feel and they just want to turn around and say, I, w I just want to take every deal I can. And, you know, in, in, in the case, um, you know, Lisa, that now being part of the, you know, the Ontario Real Estate Association, you've got a lot larger brush to take a look at. And I mean, you've got people in, in every single demographic now. A hundred percent. You, you said it best. And, and ultimately what we're experiencing right now is a mixed bag of chips. So you've got, you know, the different choices uh, all across this province. And Tim, I mean, you know, you, you've been able to hone your company into, you know, the downtown core area, but you definitely have realtors that, you know, they can push out to the fringes. They know that they know their trade areas. So it's not just like Remax ultimate under their umbrella isn't just in the core. We're not. It's it's interesting. We have um, realtors who live in Newmarket and realtors who live in Mississauga. You know, talking about Mississauga right now, right? Yeah. Uh, but they choose to to work in the downtown offices because that's where a lot of their clients commute back and forth from. So you know, they work downtown, but they live in Mississauga. They live there too. So it makes a lot of sense. But most of our realtors do not venture out to to neighborhoods like Niagara Falls or to you know, uh, Barry or to other Peterborough, for example, they do refer it because they are a different type of real estate investment to be made. Yeah. And to add to that too, like, I mean, I come from a big brokerage as well and Signature has three different offices, but I will say I've even watched like my own colleagues, um, some of them move out during the pandemic, right? Move out to more remote areas, but still maintain their business in the city. Yeah, no, I think that's a really wise thing. Um, so, folks, if you're just tuning in, by the way, my guests right now, Lisa Vitell and Tim Serianos, and, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot more to talk about as the hour unfolds. Um, by the way, if you haven't registered yet for our Simple Seminar webinar, hey, that's coming up on April the 27th. That's a Thursday, 7 p.m. You don't want to miss out on this. Um, I am going to dive in and show you, especially if you're a real estate investor, um, how you can maintain your cash flow with something we call leverage to last it's a program that we set up and it makes a lot of sense it's going to be it's going to ease that pressure when you're dealing with some of these interest rates so if you haven't registered go to the simpleinvestor.com and yeah i i know everybody always asks are you going to be releasing anything new 
Well, I do have a surprise for you, so you don't want to miss, because it's the only time I'm going to be talking about it is at that actual seminar webinar. Um, and when we come back, I've got more, so stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guests this hour are two sitting at the table with me. I've got Lisa Patel, and Lisa is the former president of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. She is also with Royal Page Signature Realty, and she's the newly appointed director at large for the Ontario Real Estate Association. And I also have Tim Serianos. He is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, as well as a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And, uh, you know, just before the break, we were having a great chat about, you know, the market itself, uh, agents going out and, you know, reaching into different marketplaces, kind of just giving everybody kind of, I, I think, a little bit of the groundwork. So, um, Lisa, I'll start with you. You know, uh, obviously, Bank of Canada did some really surprising things last year. You know, they made this huge commitment that they're going to say, no, we'll raise interest rates a little. You know, seven of eight meetings, they cranked it up, put a lot of pressure on the marketplace with higher interest rates. Um, this week, uh, you know, we turned around, Bank of Canada said, well, we're going to stay on pause. First major country, uh, first major banking system to put it on pause. What do you think right now that's going to have an effect? Does it have an effect on our spring real estate market? Okay, so a couple of things. Um, I always laugh about this because, in my head anyways, because I was a mortgage broker for as a realtor. So I remember the days when um, the government was like, when, when even when we dropped from like those five, six, and 7% interest rates, and if anyone remembers those days, and those were the early 2000s, and, and then of course, you know, the only difference was, was price point was a lot lower than what it is today. And so then, you know, we went into good economic years, and I remember the government's like, oh yeah, the boots are going in, the boots are going in, the shovels are going in the ground, we're going to go back into those high interest rates, we're going to go back into the, and then of course, it, it, it didn't happen, it went lower and lower, and then all of a sudden, here we come into a whole, you know, we watched from 2017 onward where we witnessed a correction. 2018 was a little bit more stabilization. 2020, we, we saw the market roar and, and then, of course, pause. And then we see a little bit of dip and then just to continue to soar above. And, and, and a lot of it was because of low interest rates. Right. And, and then here we are in, in going into 2022 um, where we witnessed more of the interest rates shake up. And, and like, okay, yes, let's, it's time to like, let's inflation is up. We, we've got to do something. We've got to, we've got to bring the, the economy and, and ultimately still factoring in that one of the biggest f f factors to the economy was real estate ultimately. And, you know, this pause moment, um, I think Phil actually, Phil Sofer said it at best yesterday, he put out a video and, and said, you know, that there was three analogies going into that whole rate situation. You know, one being that if they raise it, they're going to raise it, you know, 75 um, points or, it, and the, it could have this effect to it. If they, if they'd go in, you know, at 25 points, it would still have a slight factor of a negative factor affecting the marketplace. And if they do nothing, that it would have a positive outcome because we would be coming out of more of a correctional situation. And it's still got, not that it's going to like turn around like tomorrow, but ultimately we ultimately know that, that, that we're on a better side of things. Right. And the fact that, you know, the hardest thing, I think it's more of a human condition than anything else, right? Interest rates, like we, we got to stop dating the rate. And, and that, and I heard that term yesterday, I was at a, at a, at a, an IWD event. And that's all I heard was, you know, like 
why are we so tuned in to rates? All we keep hearing about is let's let's date the rates. And the reality is we know that interest rates were going to change. We knew that interest rates were going to go up. So we shouldn't actually be surprised. But I think it's more of a human conditioning that, you know, whenever there's change, we just don't know what to do. And we we automatically say, OK, I'm going to put on the brakes. I'm going to pause. And right now with when and here we have walked into, you know, 2023. OK, you know, we're not going to do anything. Oh, wait. And then we hear news from the U.S. And it's like, oh, yeah, all forces we're going to go up again. And so I think we, you know, this scare tactic is not helping people's mental perspective. And ultimately, I think people just need a little bit more stabilization to be able to say, OK, what is my best decision this year? What am I, what is going to like serve my family? What is going to serve, um, you know, whatever my personal desires are with homeownership? Yeah. You know, Tim, um, you know, we made some. Well, 12 or 13 good points there. Um, I'd like you to alphabetically go through each one of them and and give us your feedback on it. Uh, no, in all fairness, you know, really well put, Lisa, because, you know, when you take a look at the big picture, um, you know, real estate, and this is something you and I have talked about, um, during the pandemic, everybody realized how valuable their primary residence was to them. Absolutely. Right. You know, it was an emotional thing. And, you know, we, yeah, we've got a lot of emotion today with interest rates. You know, everybody kind of, you know, everybody was used to an environment. For, and, and that's the problem with an environment that goes too long, which I think they did. I think the Bank of Canada held on to that low interest rate a little too long. They should just give it us just a couple of nudges, you know, like, a, you know, a year ago, they should have been like just a quarter point, a quarter point, you know, like, like earlier. Should have been more gradual. Yeah. And, and, and started a lot earlier because that, that artificial rate. What they did was it brainwashed everybody. And as Lisa had alluded to, you know, all of a sudden everybody thinks that that's the norm. And yeah, that wasn't the norm. You know, we've talked about where a floating rate should be sitting. Like, look, 4% would make a healthy market. There's there's no question that we have to look at generational um, buyers throughout the history of Toronto Real Estate Board, right? Um, or Toronto Real Estate, generally speaking, across the country. Um, when you're looking at, you know, what Lisa said when she entered the real estate market, you know, rates were 7%. When I entered the real estate market, there were 14.5. So, I mean, you have to realize that, you know, the buyers who were first-time buyers in 1989 or 1992 were looking at 14.5% interest rates. Yep. Buyers who were entering in 2000 were looking at 6 to 7 to 8%. Yep. Um, buyers who've entered the real estate market in the 2017 to 2020 are used to 1.9, you know, percent. So we have to take a step back and look at history to educate ourselves that you know when you're entering the market may not be the natural interest rate environment that you're in and educate yourself that way you're absolutely correct i, I believe that rates around you know four to five and a half percent are probably the most healthiest range of interest rates where you're not getting people just jumping into the market thinking that real estate is this uh, you know amazing you know uh, opportunity to to you know invest in and not take it as a long-term you know, investment. Um, but at, at this point in time, you know, what I'm seeing in the, in the market is that nobody ever believed, you know, this time around that the Bank of Canada was going to increase the rates. I mean, there was a sense throughout the entire industry that we're going to have the first pause and here we are. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because if we all go back to different times with Canadian interest rates, um, we didn't always stay lockstep with the U.S., right? Not always, no. And, and, and that's one of the things, you know, when Stephen Pelosi was running the show, um, he didn't always listen to the U.S. Fed. He was smart enough to say, okay, look, Canada's got a little different economy. Hence the reason why, you know, the 2008 adjustment in the U.S. didn't have nearly the same effect here in Canada. 
you know, we had a lot more measures in place um, when we talk about, you know, how people are taking on debt. Yeah, tip. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, and, and I just want to paint the real picture right now that, you know, this may sound somewhat rosy to people who are listening to this, this uh, you know, show today. But, you know, don't forget Nordstrom's is pulling out of Canada, yeah, right? Of so there are, there. you know, we have to look at the big picture and not, you know, all of a sudden, okay, everybody, let's go out and rush and, and the, the, any form of recession is behind us, right? Or any form of pain is behind us because there is pain out there right now. Yeah. There are 2,500 people who lost their jobs. There are people who are still holding off, hoping that the variable rate drops. It's not going to drop, by the way. Don't hold your breath. Yeah, it's not going to drop. And in the first time in history that I know in my professional career where, I've, where I'm witnessing a variable rate being higher than the posted rate, not just for one month or two months, but for, as you said earlier, two years, Yeah. you know, and maybe even longer. So this is the time, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with Dave at some point, and we'll, we'll put our boxing gloves on there. And the fact is that, you know, you're looking at, now may be the time to look at a two-year rate or three-year rate. And just, you know, for the people who are holding on by their fingernails or people who are saying, you know, it's one more month, one more month, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time that you actually talk to your mortgage broker, look at your personal finances and say, let me lock into a two-year, three-year rate. Yeah, and I'm going to hop on that and then we're going to go to a quick break. But folks, remember, and, and, and I'm glad Tim brought this up because you can talk to your lenders, okay? They're not in the business of taking your home. They're in the business of lending you money and making money from you, okay? And so one of the things that um, happened during the pandemic, and I think everybody remembers, is that you were allowed to de defer some of your payments. In other words, you can skip a payment. Well, if you do it correctly, you can actually use the skip model and continue to pay every single month. But what you do is you add the payment to the end of your term. So let's say, hypothetically, you just take one payment per uh, year and you throw it to the end of the term, that means you can balance it out. So these are the kind of things, don't be afraid to talk to your mortgage specialist, your banks. I think it's really important that you reach out before you get underwater. And remember, you're probably sitting on a bunch of equity and that, that we can make a solution for. Anyways, when we come back, I'm going to have more with Lisa Patel and Tim Serianos. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm having a lot of fun this week and probably because it's the guests that I have here in the studio. That's right. At the location of the Simple Investor and the Simple Company. And uh, that's out in Burlington. By the way, hopefully you're going to join us for our Simple Seminar webinar coming up on Thursday, April the 27th, 7 p.m. You don't want to miss out on it. We are going to help you maybe, you know, uh, assist you on understanding how you can get through these tough uh, interest rate times. And even though, you know, I don't know, maybe the interest rates are kind of where they should be. But uh, joining me in the studio, Lisa Patel. Uh, so she is the former president of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. Um, she is also a uh, realtor at uh, Royal Page Signature and newly um, elected uh, director at large at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim Sirianos in the other side, and he is the uh, owner, uh, broker owner of Remax Ultimate, also former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board and also a director at CREA. Uh, just before the break, you know, we we're having some fun with this. And um, when we were talking about the Bank of Canada and, you know, one of the things, Lisa, you know, I could see your, as Tim and I were talking, I could see you can tag me and tag me in, you know, um, you know, because there's, there's a lot going on. And I think that a lot of people, you know, if they could, if they can understand you know, the situation and, you know, I, I, it's funny because on Instagram, which, you know, we've got, uh, my new producers are like punching out a lot of stuff for us, you know, and by the way, thanks for the, uh, for the views and follows, but 
um, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I find a lot of people they're getting really testy about interest rates and how you know where we sit and you know it's, it's funny they're shaming people that own real estate well i have to tell you i haven't actually heard any of that so I, I'm, I'm actually really surprised and and now you've got me gonna check out your ig channels to shame real estate because well they call it greedy landlords you know and and, and to me it's like we need more properties well, you just hit the nail on it, right? The, the the what we all know, and that's been quoted for since 2015, is supply issues, and and so you know, to those that uh, ultimately, I'm going to say this: to those that want to see it as greedy landlords, that's a mindset shift, right? That's a perspective, and and ultimately, it's, it's shifting that perspective to realize that the Canadian dream is homeownership, whether it's investments, whether it's your own personal property, and that's really where we want to go. And, and people want that dream. And then that's what we've seen. That's what we've witnessed year after year after year in this real estate world. And the real reality too with it is price point, right? That's the, the other part that's changed with it. And so we've got demand, we've got price, and um, ultimately we've got supply issues. And to, to those that don't want to look beyond their circumstances, that's, that's the mindset shift. So what do you say to those people that are sitting there saying, we want to see the price adjust by 40%. And, and, you know, my natural reaction is, wow. So you want your parents to lose all of their retirement, you know, because, because a lot of people don't realize that, look at the home ownership, it, it's great. You have a roof over your head, but a lot, a lot of people, they are focused on their retirement, on their primary residence. Like a lot of that will be funded by their, you know, the sale of their primary residence, you know, down the road. And there's a lot of these people that are just saying, yeah, I want to see the market adjust to 40% because I want to be able to afford to buy. What do we say to people like that? Because again, a lot of people say, hey, you guys are always glass half full. I mean, I, you know, I see the comments about Tim and I, it's like, hey, you guys are just pro real estate. You're real estate, you know? And so what do you, what do we tell people that, look, you don't want the economy to sustain a 40% hit. And you have to, I would go back and look and say, look at the last year, look over the course of 2022 to 2023 to see a drop. Yeah, we what we've witnessed in the past in, in the 80s was a whole other um, paradigm. Yeah. And and the reality is, and, and it only may strengthened the Canadian system. And I mean, you had mentioned and talked about like 2008, what happened there versus where, like in the US versus Canada. And if you take that, even that analogy from the 80s to 2008, we've only strengthened our systems yeah. to, to better prepare ourselves. And for those that ultimately are looking for drops, well, I think that it's it's a shift in perspective. Instead, instead of asking and saying, okay, let, uh, demanding, like, I want to see them drop, it's what else can I do to get into the marketplace? Yeah, and I, I like that point. Tim, well, um, you know, obviously numbers came out for February. You know, it's interesting because I think, and, you know, and, and I'll get your take on it, but so they said prices dropped 17% year over year, February to February. But you and I talked about what February represented last year. It was one of these markets, I call it a pin market. It was just like desperation. I mean, it almost went up 10% in a month because everybody's like, you know, interest rates are going up. You must buy now. I mean, it was, you know, absolutely ludicrous the way it was performed. But year over year, when we talked December to December, really not much of an adjustment, like the overall numbers. And I would have thought it should have been more than 17%. I thought it'd be more too. And it was not. It's... Every single meeting I had with our team, um, I always brought to their attention a reminder that the media will be comparing January to January. Yep. The media will be comparing February to February, and the meeting will be the, the media will be comparing March over March. And in the last meeting I just had, just 
a, a week ago, I said, okay, guys, we're getting through March. <laughs> and now we're going to start to see a different media, you know, headline coming out there because it won't be the sudden drops, comparatively speaking. We're going to start to have the balance, you know, coming back from high, low to kind of midway, almost like an amortization schedule over 25 years, right? Yeah. So we're. we're Don't you need 35 now? Well, <laughs> for some, right? But so it's going to be going this way. But what we're, what people don't know when, you know, as a broker owner, what the metrics that I always measure is how many offers are being prepared in a, in a brokerage, you know, even realtors don't see this, right? Uh, how many appointments are being done and all of the homes we have for sale, not just the one off, you know, how many, um, uh, how much traffic there is in open houses, right? How many, how, what the credit, um, uh, applications are, you know, how are they changing month over month? And I will, I mean, I will share with you that there's a lot of people that are out there window shopping right now, mm -hmm. starting to feel like this may be the time. And, you know, in, in one of our meetings we had just recently, there were realtors who were in, in our, in our brokers who were saying that, you know, some of their buyers and most of them first timers, um, regret not listening to their realtor in November and December, because they're starting to feel the heat right now, as we also enter traditionally a spring market. I mean, you got to look at the factors, you know, you have the opportunity to be, uh, in, in a November, December marketplace where other people have their eyes set on other things. They didn't, obviously you can't blame them because of the media covers that was there, you know, but now you're looking at being in at this time of the year, entering a spring market and the boots are hitting the ground, right? People are out there. The snow's going to start to melt faster than we know, uh, that we, that faster than it typically does right in earlier months. So you're going to start seeing more and more activity out there. Yeah. And, you know, Lisa, Tim makes a great point. Spring market, you know, we lost that cycle for about two years, that spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, the, the, the year, you know, 2020, uh, I, I'll say roughly September, but 2020 around that time frame, all of a sudden somebody put the foot to the floor and it didn't come off until February 22. There was no cycle there. And it was funny because you know, we've had uh, several guests on with us and it said, finally, we're getting a little bit of a like reprieve, you know, last summer, some of the, some of the realtors said, I can actually can take a little bit of time off because they actually got worn out for going like 20 months straight. And so do you, do you see the cycle returning? Um, I think that, I think that it's just kind of like the real estate market, you know, like the real estate market is a beast of its own and um, compared to all other economies that, that make up the economy. But when you think about it, I think that what we're witnessing today is more of that stabilization of marketplaces where we, as Tim said, we're walking into the spring market and, and, you know, what's become traditional or normal in the course of even like the last seven years is, well, is January going to be a snowy month or not? You know? So that's always been a dictation too, of like, is the market start if, if there's no snow market starting, if there's a full head of snow, well, it's going to, it's going to be a slower start. Yeah. And so we've also seen that trend as well, but I ultimately still believe in traditional marketplaces. Listen, we've also started the year off a lot of, with a lot of doom and gloom. And, and I think, um, I mean, I think ultimately we were all looking forward to a new year to begin with. And, you know, I think sunshine, weather, all of those things uh, play up to emotions and, and how people uh, spend and believe. And, you know, we're walking into, we're walking into March break now and, and ultimately it's, it's a transition. And so it's just a matter of time is, is really what we're going to do. But see. you have to also look at the fact that the lockdowns that we had previously were during the spring and fall markets. Yeah. So we've basically forced an entire, you know, cycle to be decoupled for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and that all causes a change in effect, right? So, 
um, when things are open, they move down. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. And um, and by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, the simple investor one, that's right. My, my producers are giving me a thumbs up. I always have to remember this because they want to have more followers so they can show off with our new videos. So don't forget, follow us on Instagram, the simple investor one. When we come back, I've got more with Lisa Patel and Tim Sirianos. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So I hope you've been staying with us the entire show. If not, you can um, go find us uh, here at uh, The Simple Investor. You know, join our show. Uh, see what you think. It's been great having Lisa Patel join me with Tim Sirianos. By the way, uh, Lisa is the former president of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. She is also at Royal Page Signature. And now she is the newly appointed director at large for Ontario Real Estate Association. And Tim Sirianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate. And again, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. And he was a former director of the Canadian Real Estate Association. Um, just before the break, you know, uh, we were having kind of a fun little uh, trade-off there, Tim. One of the things that uh, you, you, I knew wanted to jump in was when we talk about investors. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that people are saying, you know, they don't want, you know, things built in their backyards. You know, there's a lot of speculation. We've got a lot of developers, some on hold right now. Interest rates are hurting them. So give us your perspective. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was listening to the, the previous segment we were discussing about... Um, you know, the, the hate on investors and, you know, you're kind of a greedy landlord if you actually own anything. And one of the biggest challenges that we're seeing in our, our market generally is quite the opposite is, is a nimbyism that we talk about, not in my backyard, right? So is that investor or is that homeowner right now who has a laneway opportunity to build and provide to the market something to, to add some rental to the market by building, you know, something in their lane? Are they also a greedy investor? Or are they actually adding something that is very beneficial to the actual marketplace? I mean, are there people who right now live in a two-story, 3,000-square-foot house, uh, i.e. my parents, yeah. you know, by themselves, um, who could benefit from having a coach house or some form of home closer to their children, you know, if one of their children want them, <laughs> you know? But, you know, closer to their children where now you can actually sell that 3,000-square-foot house and you know, put it back in the marketplace. There's so much opportunity. There's so much to talk about that way. And there's so much to investigate before we just say that somebody's greedy. We need to realize that the biggest challenge we're having, and we've had, whether you look at our transit system not being up to par for over 35, 40 years, is stuff like not in my backyard. I mean, they're even arguing right now. And I'm, and, and watch how I say this about cutting 20 trees to put you know the subway <laughs> line in when, when we both know, or all three of us know, that they plant typically three or four trees for every one they cut. Yeah. You know, that's what developers have been doing based on the request of city council for you know decades right so we got to get things done because the only way you'll see prices adjust and be back to affordable what we te what we yeah. want to be sure. entry points me being a father of three daughters i want them to own real estate right um the only way that will happen is by building more and building more is having some compromise yeah lisa i'm going to ask you to throw on your political hat maybe you can also tell us why your political hat is your political hat Oh, are we going down that road? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you're having fun, you know. But but you know, but you know, you, you should be very proud. You know, you you've been in you know the political arena for quite a few years. Uh, have a great understanding of it. You do see process. So share some thoughts. You know what? I am actually more proud of government more than today than than like previous years, and I can say that in in perspective of real estate. Right. Um, and that's just because they finally have come to an understanding of 
that there's a supply issue. You mean they've shown up? <laughs> or they've agreed to show up yeah, and and you know it's it's now it's really actually making sure that that the promises are delivered really and and i think that to have all levels of government realize and and i mean i witnessed this in my year as president when i uh, with trep was you know, that this wasn't just an ontario situation this was across the country this was around the world right. you know a supply issue and so what does that really tell us about our world? And, you know, Tim brought up so many wonderful points in, in, in that whole discussion there. And, and the reality is, right, like we, we witness the same thing over and over again. It's like, you know, we, we want to say we want our world to move. We know that we need to move. But yet we just keep saying, oh, no, but we, we need to keep it here. And, and the reality is it like our government is saying, nope, we gotta, we've got to push forward. We need to push forward. And so I will say, like, ultimately having all three levels of government on side, realizing that there's a spy issue, some of the decisions um, for, for some of them, like federally, I will be very honest. Um, I think there could have been other other factors that they could have considered with um, some of the points about, you know, getting home buyers into programs. Like one of the hardest things for for witnessing with my, myself and my own business is I serviced a lot of first-time buyers in, in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the, the areas that got hit the hardest. And, and it has continuously gotten hit. And then we're saying, okay, we're going to make programs to better them. Well, well, you had the programs, you had the opportunity to do it. And now we're like restarting. I feel like it's always a restart. Like, okay, here's a new invention. We're going to rename it and we're going to put it out there. But going to rebrand it. Yeah. But the, the programs are always buyer centric. They're never, they're never seller centric. And that's where we need to look at that, right? We need to look at how we're going to get people who have these large homes who are empty nesters. How are we going to provide opportunities for them to move into something different to free up that? Because the biggest challenge we're having is where am I going to go? And then I was going to just get to that point. You're absolutely right. It's like, and in you just like your parents, my parents are in the same boat. Like I am not moving them because ultimately, listen, they've got the library one way, they got the hospital the other way, they've got the grocery store right around the corner. So if I take them out of their environment, where and and ultimately they're not going to be happy what what am i doing yeah but i don't you know i also don't want people to think that they can bully the people that are actually staying there like tim you did you did mention the early let's say your parents three thousand square foot home and and by the way mr and mrs siriano as tim has said that you can come and stay with him anytime but that's not the point the point is is that i think i think what we have to do is we have to create more solutions than just waiting for people or trying to push them out of their homes because people are now living longer they're living healthier yeah thanks to pharmaceuticals everything else whatever you want to call it maybe their diet whatever the point is is that you know, getting somebody to actually leave that primary residence where they have had all the memories, all the children, everything, you know, graduation, everything growing up, it's a tough thing. Like the, the real estate becomes emotional. And this is one of the things that we recognize more than any other time in the last few years, real estate, home ownership becomes emotional. And the idea of unless you can turn around and trade and give somebody else another opportunity or, you know, give them a vision that, hey, this makes sense for you to do. It's good. We're, we're going to be stymied. We're going to be sitting here. I, I think you just said it. Like, ultimately, you can give them a taste of it. Um, but if they're not ready for it, that's a whole other ballgame. And and when Tim said, you know, like creating solutions, I think I think there's opportunity, but it's also education, a po- educating a population that isn't aware of that. You know, like take that that 2,500 or 3,000 square feet home and maybe there is a rental component to it and that you would never... Duplex. 
Exactly. Yeah. And and so I think a not girl's in my backyard. Like, <laughs> 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 That's where we were going, wasn't that in the next spot? That <laughs> was it. Um, but let's, so we were going to just take out the pool and we'll just put it there. There we go. <laughs> but ultimately, um, that's that's what we have to also do is it's an education level too, and I think it's educating that uh, population on that there's opportunities, like there's investment opportunities that they, they, and you know, listen, not everybody wants to be an investor 100%, but ultimately if, if there's a possibility and then there's an opportunity to education. And I think that's, that's the next level of, um, of bringing it awareness is, is bringing the awareness that, that, that that's possible, you know, the laneways and stuff. I think there's a population out there that listen and tune in that want to know about those things, yeah. but there's also a population that's not listening. No, their heads in the sand. Tim, final thoughts. You know what? There's, you know, I, I look at the, the opportunity we have to talk to the programs that could exist for sellers. You know, I think that's where we need to look at going forward not just, you know, for buyers and not to stymie and create buyer, you know, problems as well. Right. I mean, the whole new foreign buyers tax in itself is a uh, buyer's ban, sorry, for two years is a whole show in itself because, you know, we're always focused on the people who are buying and we're not focused on, you know, creating people to actually move, you know, from what they already have. Right. So that's my, that's my final thought on that yeah. topic. And Lisa? I guess we're going to create a balanced market to the three of us today. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I really appreciate the two of you joining me uh, on this hour. It has been wonderful to have you on the show. Lisa, so much, you know, great to see you. Uh, you know, normally we do this by phone. Tim, thanks for taking up the corner as usual. And um, you know what, folks, it's been a lot of fun. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and make sure you, uh, you know, sign up. Uh, we've got it coming up April the 27th, Thursday. 7 p.m. That's my simple seminar webinar. I do have some solutions for you, and I'm going to try to give you as much information as possible, plus our new release. You can follow me on Instagram, The Simple Investor One. I do want to thank Aiden and Omar here in the studio. They keep it simple for me every single week. I want to make sure that Ian Grant gets the shout out at head office there. And uh, of course, I want to thank you for tuning in and making us the number one real estate talk show. I'll be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.